Okay, here we are uh, dealing now with the last class of the resurrection controversy or the Maimonidean controversy which dominated the medieval period of time. This is the issue that defined who you were as a rabbi going back from the time of the Rambam of 1188, 1189, all the way for a period of 110, 150, 120 years where this became an issue that had to be discussed. What was the primary issue over here? The primary issue over here is the, my, the physical or spiritual resurrection question. That is, the Rambam wrote three different works, Pirusha Mishnayot, Mishneh Torah, Wurei He's not clear as to what he understands to be Resurrection. There's a major question that's raised here. Is that which is going to take place after the Mashiach comes? Is it going to be a physical resurrection? Or is resurrection that which takes place spiritually immediately after a person passes away physically? That's the key question that has to be raised. Or one could say, what is the status of Moshe Rabbeinu? For me? You should be in there. Yeah. <laughs> you have the combination? No. One, two, five, six, seven. Now let's pause this. Hit record again. Okay. It's important to learn how to pause that. Why is there no pause button? Because we hit record again. There's 10,000 buttons here. Okay. okay, so the question really is. And I don't understand Tchadimetim. We assert it rabbinically. What does it really mean? One school of, school of thought says it means that after Mashiach comes, there will be a period of time when there will be a physical resurrection. The dead shall relive. The other side says, no, it's, a, it's all about spirituality. It's all about a person dying, as Moshe Rabbeinu died, died. And what's going to happen now? They are now spiritually resurrected. They're not lying in the ground. They're spiritually resurrected. Those are two schools of thought. We both all here understand the differences between those two schools of thought. Obvious, clear, no question. Very good. So Rambam writes about it. And then we read his arch critic, the Ra'avad, one of the great rabbis, and says, this man does not believe in physical resurrection. In 1188, 1189. How dare he? And as we've been studying, the Rambam wrote an answer to this, which we're now finishing right now. And he says, No, I do believe I do, I do believe in it. No question, I believe physical resurrection. Okay? And then in 1203, the Yadra Mahdi says he didn't believe in it. He didn't read the Rambam's answer. He didn't believe in it. And he absolutely goes over the edge and screaming and yelling, writing letters to everybody. This man does not believe in physical resurrection. So finally, 1103, 1204, 1203, 1204, he gets the Rambam's defense. It's fine, the man's okay. That became a very pleasant, harmonious end to part one of the controversy. All of a sudden, in 1232, people get wind of the Rambam, and they attack no longer this issue of resurrection, but rather what we call is philosophical rationalism, which means how to interpret text rationally and logically according to canons of normal human thinking. Period. People went crazy over this approach to biblical interpretation. To the extent they went to the church, the church burned his books, this was a heretic, he's against all religions, his son, Rabbi Abraham, the Rambam's son, then responded to them, became a massive controversy again. Well, Rambam died already. Yes, 1205. 
Ah, so it's post-mortem. Correct. Okay. And then in 1280, again, on his philosophy, also became an issue. And the Rashbah, great rabbi, nobody learns without learning the Rashbah. He says, well, look, the Rambam is a very controversial person. We're putting a harem on studying philosophy till you're a certain age, till other conditions have to be met. Got it. Good. And again in 1310, you can't read it unless you're 40 years old. And if you do, you go in cheder. Yes. Then a third time or fourth time, the whole issue exploded again. In 1308, 1310, again over a <coughs> issue. So this became the issue for 120, 30, 40 years as to the Rambam's view on issues. So, but at least in terms of the physical resurrection controversy, that should have been solved already. But it wasn't. Why not? Because the Rambam writes very subtly, nuancedly, and he tells you I'm going to write that way, and at the end, though he protests and says, I do believe in physical resurrection, we didn't find any clear statements in Perusha Mishnayot, we didn't find any clear statements that he believes in physical resurrection, Gufani, Gufani, in Mishnah Torah, we didn't find anything in Murayna Vuchim. So, this should clarify it, and now comes the key issue, the key question. How do you read a Maimonidean text? Do you read him as you read everybody else, meaning he says what he means? Or do you read him as Leo Strauss does, persecution in the art of writing? How do you write when you know you're going to be persecuted? That's the question. Somebody like Herbert Davidson, we're going to look at his stuff in a minute, he says, read him straight. And he challenges, criticizes, condemns almost Leo Strauss's esoteric reading. Strauss is a forefront for the last 50 years, very importantly so, saying the Rama that you always thought you knew, you don't know. He writes esoterically. Now strangely, the Rama himself says, I write esoterically in his Morena Vuchim. So, Davidson has to deal with that issue, because Rama does say things, it seems to be, at least, that he's saying things esoterically. As Strauss says, he didn't make it up, these are both academicians. Neither one has necessarily an agenda. It seems to be the case. Academicians want truth, they read the sources, come to their conclusions, that's what it is. Diametrically opposed. So, just to read just for a second, the here from one of the people that comment on, and it's a wonderful, excellent, superior book, Uh, let's just see this over here. Here, yeah, good. This book addressed to the both beginners and scholars of his penetrating overview of the entire overview of Moe's minds, very philosophical medium. David's impressive accomplishment to, is to have situated minds in the context of his life and, his, and of the two cultures that were his. The rabbinic, rabbinic tradition, of course, and the medieval Arabic philosophy. That's the Rambam, combining both. Challenging, widely held interpretation of Maimonides as an esoteric writer, Davidson resolutely depicts him as a thinker who believed what he wrote. Maimonides emerged as a thinker who consistently upheld the intrinsic unity of philosophic and scientific investigation and the real truth as transmitted by Scripture. He's a corrective to Leo Strauss. Or, that would be an interesting position to take. That would be the accurate one. Perhaps. It has one do that. So now, Because wherever he doesn't have an issue, he writes accurately. Wherever he does have an issue, he writes That's the question. But that's what Strauss would say. Strauss would say oh, so that. We're on the same page. So, uh, Strauss, so Strauss is it's a fascinating question. So at the end of the day, if you were to read 
and we may choose to read the entire Malachatim which read to somebody that appreciates Straussian words as I do and I read this we may want to come to our conclusion on their own we're only reading a summary of what he wrote over here but it's worthwhile to read Malachatim it's not a Hibur remember this is Strauss's point it's not a Hibur it's not a written work as a Hibur what you get is what is there Read it, it's a hebur, it's a written work, finished. But when I speak to you, then I can be more nuanced and subtle depending upon how I see you're reacting. I look at your eyes, if you are reacting with wide-eyed amazement, that's what he really said? You might be off the charts, I may not want to really conclude or continue in that particular vein. I watch conversation. You should do this when you speak about things that are important to anybody that's important to you. Speak to your wife about whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. You have to physically see her reaction. If you, let's say, for example, you lost your job and you're really going out on the street, you have no money. How you tell her that is a very important statement as to how she's going to react to that. More seriously, let's say Badminnan, somebody's ill, in a very terrible illness. How that's communicated to you will determine your reaction and your attitude towards the illness. And if the doctor tells you or tells your wife and has to tell you how you're going to function. So, how you how she tells you this information is critically important as to your attitude towards it. Critically, I mean, there are no words that I can use that could emphasize how important this message is. So, the verbal communication is going to determine your response to it. In speeches that I write for people, I always have a back door. I tell them if the audience is edgy, this and that, use it. Go right to this next part. Interesting. So Good point. Feed, most, but most people don't do it because they're so nervous getting up there. Right. Just follow the script. It's an interesting those, point. Give, those, those are back talk. I learned that years ago when I have a long speech and all of a sudden people started talking. Uh, <laughs> I just went right to a certain point and I said, you have to It's a great point. I was telling somebody so how... You, you what do you mean a back talk? No, to get out of the speech. Like say you have a, a, an opening Finish and quickly. three points is how to, how to speed it up. You do that probably when you're, you're absolutely when you're doing your speeches. You have to. Yeah, you have to be aware. And you see, people are really into a certain point. You're going to elongate it, but that's simply because you're giving it and writing it. Right. Correct. So that's, that's exactly the point. So the spoken word is precious and valuable, and you could see the reactions of people. So this is not called a written work, though it's written. It's a verbalization in a written form. It's known as ma'amad, amad. It's what he said to them. is a ma'amad, as opposed to the hibur. Which he always refers to as Hibur of Mishneh Torah, Straussian point. Interesting how sometimes one man can revolutionize a field. Strauss did this. The 1930s, 40s, a brilliant mind, University of Chicago, brilliant mind, and he reread and put us a completely different pathway. Did he go too far? Davidson says yes. Much too far. I'm not happy with him, is what Davidson's saying. It took 40 years of discussion to come to that conclusion. But okay, we want to now look at Davidson. So, last time we met on Thursday, today is Sunday, last time we met, we read the, we finished 
the summary of Tiyatai Metim. It's a long summary, it's about 50, 60 lines as to what the summary is. Ram says, I misquoted, misunderstood, I gotta get it straight, I do believe in it, I do, I do, do believe in it, I do believe in it, and I'm, saying, I'm not saying anything new over here, that's what I said all along, why are you attacking me? So you get the point over here, which I wrote when I first read this years ago, he is protesting too much that there's nothing new over here. Mm. Hold on a second. And he tells us over here as well, Different types of miracles. Sometimes a miracle happens which is impossible in nature. Sometimes a miracle are impossible in nature. We discussed this, right? So I don't want to go over it. Sometimes there are possible miracles in nature. In other words, a very strong wind comes along and blows the sea of reeds apart. That's not impossible. I've seen it. I, walk, I used to walk on the boardwalk, and I was there on a very windy day, and I literally saw a dry piece of land between uh, a, a dry bed piece of land between two bodies of water. That's the way the wind was blowing. I mean, literally. You walk 10 feet out into the ocean, there's a mound, and then there's water, and then there's another mound, depending upon the configuration of the sand, the wind blowing. So, and if you came at high tide, it's all covered. The, when I happened to have been walking that particular morning, I saw, it was, I said, wow, Yam Suf. The wind was so very powerful, blew the water in an east-to-west fashion, and the sand is up. So I saw a, a dry piece of land between two bodies of water. Not surprising at all. That's a person, but to see a square triangle, maybe you can't see that. That's impossible. To see a married bachelor, that'd be impossible. Some miracles are impossible nature. Some of them are possible nature. Those miracles that are impossible in the natural order will not be delayed or not be expanded. Only miracles, he tells us, that are that are um, possible can extend. They come in one of three conditions when the Navi says so. So the round at the end is trying to give us an explanation for that which is impossible. What? Physical resurrection. Now is that the first type of miracle that's impossible in nature? Or is the second type of impossibility which is possible? Such as a wind blown. Well, let's say turning blood from water. What kind of miracle is that? Impossible or possible? Impossible. Mm. Well, we have to analyze it. Impossible. Therefore, it cannot be. A snake in God Aiden speaking. Cannot happen. It's an impossible. So the Rambam at the end. Sorry? splitting. Can't happen. Well, I've seen it. Can't happen. Okay, so that's it. Okay, so what is the nature of the physical resurrection? So the Rambam is here so careful, and at the end of his day, he says, I wrote this book for the masses. It's a mass book. Nothing new over here. They need to say hear things again, 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 and again. And for Hacham, It's enough to simply hint at something with chapter headings. Wait, wait. So if that's the case, then what's he telling me over here? He said it's a mass book. What I say for the masses, don't worry about. So is he just did he just undermine all that he just said? Or not? Is the question. Yeah. 
I looked at Davidson yesterday, and I looked at the Mahmud who was written in that that uh, binder right that we printed out. JQR, you know that? Which was written? The, the Mahmud. Text by Maimonides. The Mahmud Chatimatim in that JQR. Wasn't that the first thing? The letter to the South, to the South. Yeah, Chamei Yes, right. that's correct. Okay. Right. So it's I, a letter, not the the Mahmud. What was that? That I think was a letter that that uh, somebody wrote regarding this issue. It's it's not. I think it's not bomb, no. No, 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 absolutely not. It's a letter that's written about. It. It's one of the letters. It had very similar points of the Mahmud Yes, yeah, so somebody was attacking it or defending it, depending on who wrote the letter. I didn't look at it carefully, so I'm not sure, but it might be the letters that, that the Rambam wrote to them. Or in your office? You have no, it's home. It's home. I'm doing Boaz Cohen. Boaz Cohen. So Is that a great article? I started. Oh. Okay. He's a great man, so it should be a great article. I gotta, that's the codification, right? Yes, 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 yes. you got to give that to Elliot. Does he deserve it? Yes. Okay. He's trying. He's trying. Oh. So, so let me go. Wait, yeah. wait, so let me ask you something. I read Davidson on that type of team. No one brought that point up. Is Leo Strauss the first guy to bring up that point of what you just brought up in Which the last one? line? The last line, the way you read the last line of the of the, the Ma'amad, that it's an emes. I don't believe anybody brought it up. I, I just, to me, it's obvious. I didn't see it. I didn't see it anyway. No. Well, we, well Davidson is a non-esoteric he's, reader. He's just straight. Manual. He's a manual. Manual. So there's something valuable as a corrective, perhaps, to Strauss. So I want to show now the other side of the coin. So again, it might be worthwhile over here. How could he get away with saying in that book that he, he's for physical resurrection and at the same time not saying that he's in physical? How could he no, no, no. He writes and says, I'm for it. If, again, how come I, today we say that he's, he doesn't believe in it? Who well, said? No, I didn't say that. I said you can read it both ways. Uh, A subtle writer writes for the masses as well as for the intellectuals. Look, Obama has a very serious problem. That's the whole Talmud anyway. It's all the Midrashim. I don't know if I'd say that. Hold on. The Midrashim. Hold on. Obama. Obama has a serious problem. He's got to sell a health care package to the, to the masses. On the other hand, his, ar his arguments have to be in favor of anything like this are very subtle and only a PhD in, in economics, Benarchy, can understand what he's talking about. Or, or not. Or whatever. Obviously, yes. Any one of these economic issues, they have to convince the masses and write on one level for them, but really get across to the intellectuals why this has to happen, whether it's a GM, bailout, whatever it may be. How do you do that? How do you speak to the masses in one way, they'll vote in favor of it. On the other hand, Bernanke knows that these public mass ar arguments are silly, but i got to get my point across. So it's a very tough thing. So the wrong way is to write for the masses. This is for the masses. So when you say this is for the masses, what is the intellectual's immediate response? Someone say, I'm writing for the masses. Over here, it's masses. What should be your response to that? Chewing gum. Chewing gum. I don't want this. Close the book. It says over here. If you are full of the wisdom, of chokhmah, of philosophical wisdom, hinting is enough for you. You don't need for me to repeat again and again and to expand in commentary. You only need a shepherd Akim. You need chapter headings. As I did about these issues in the Right? Now, what is terribly wrong, Charles, about that line I just read? He, he never, ever addresses the issue of Tchayat Emetim in Moreh Nebuchim. That's scary. But wait, can't you say why, the reason? Why? No, well, you just answered it. Well, hold on. Because he says, now, 
Look at this. Moran Nebuchim is not supposed to be written in, a, in an esoteric... It is. No, it is. It is. But wait, let me say this again very clearly. He says, If you are a brilliant mind, full of wisdom, hints are enough for you. You don't need me to say things again and again and again and expand and put it all on the table to you. You just need chapter headings. As I dealt with these issues, deep issues, in my book, Moran Nebuchim. But he never dealt with him, Moran Nebuchim. Tehatimatim is not a subject matter for Tehatimatim and Moran Nebuchim. So now, can you figure out how to read this last line in two ways, such that it supports the mass reading and supports the intellectual reading, where he's winking at me now, saying, Got it? So, on the mass level, you would say, As I wrote about these difficult, deep issues, not intending, because some would say, but you didn't write about it. No, 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 I didn't write about that, but I wrote about other deep issues in a general, in a way that the intellectuals don't understand it. So, if challenged, but you didn't write about it over here, I'll say, no, I don't mean this issue, I didn't write this issue in Moran Nebuchim, but about other deep issues in this broad fashion, in this fashion. So he's protected himself. So the mass say, oh, you didn't write about this over there, and you just meant the way your style of writing there is for the intellectuals, okay? But I don't want to. I don't refer to that. But if you real, but can I not read this the other way? What's the other way? The same way that I don't. I didn't take it seriously over there. All that wrote over here, not taking it seriously. That can't be. So it what has to be the form. is the point? Is the point clear? What I'm trying to say. You could read. The the, you could read this line in two ways. The first way that I'm reading it, I'm saying over here. The first way I don't understand, the second one. Second one? Yeah. Second one is saying very subtly is that those who are full of wisdom only need a hint and don't need to expand and say it again and again. Only need Rashi Perakim, which means chapter headings. As I wrote about these issues, all of them, in my Morena Bukhim. But I didn't write about this Morena Bukhim. It doesn't really deal with it at all. So, it's almost saying, the second way, is that you want an expansion of this topic, where should you go for it? If you want to know the way I wrote it, go for it in Morena Bukhim. But it's not there. But you find it. Sorry? But you could find it there. How could you find it there? Because you could connect the dots. But it's not there. You could connect <coughs> the, the my He doesn't no, no, doesn't want to deal with it over here. He's saying well, the focus for the masses and don't believe it, I'm, I'm the I think the opposite. Right. Are you doing the first or that's second? The first former, reading. Former, former. Which is the former? You just gave two. The four, first one is that the It's really the there's the it's like in that in in in, uh, in uh, a pass what do you really call the word? Code breaking. This is the key. That right. line is the key to right. unlock that. Good. If you just read that, you don't get the key. So therefore, you would say, of course it's not there. But if you mm-hmm. read it there in the last line, here's the key. This will unlock Moran Ibrahim. So you, it'll explain to you what I'm really talking about. Which means, is it, does he believe in physical or not believe in physical No, he cannot. Because if, because it's if not there. Consistent, it's irrelevant being there or not being there. Right, that's true too. So but you're saying a third point, really. Well, you, look, if, if by me... Leaving, telling you something, and what I leave out is just as important as what I told you. Absolutely. So, you know, a group of people were getting together, and if I mentioned to you and someone died and we were all laughing, where were we? At a party or a hospital? It's, it depends on what I'm telling you in context. Context. So, if you're looking at that out of context, you missed it. That's for sure true. Okay, so now he just gave you, which is your Labatonian way of thinking, which is an thing I didn't see anywhere, was he is giving you the key to unlock the... 
code. Everybody has said that this oh, Ma'amad is, is the... It's code. It's sorry? code, really. It, it is the code. It's a lot of code. Right, correct. Pun intended. So he's saying that... It's me. It's me. The second way to look at it, the latter way, is that not, what I'm saying here is not real. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sketching here. The second way is that what I said over here is oh, not real. And if you want really more information about it... between the lines because I make hints. And that's it. And, and Don't if you really read the text. Right. And read if you want more information, line. go to that book. What's not in that book? Fine, okay. No, so that, leave off the, that's not in that book part. Leave that, that off the That points you to the fact that there's an inconsistency so that you look... You saw National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. With yeah, the, that's what this reminds me. That's all this is. Oh, but it could be... It's no, not, that's it. That's it's not, it's they not find the code. What a movie. By the way, it was in the journal a few weeks ago, about four or five weeks ago, Jefferson and some other guy had a whole entire code written. They weren't... You saw that? It's amazing how they use these codes cool. of uh, Thomas Jefferson. They're into these brilliant, brilliant codes that are pretty hard to decipher. What is it? The cipher, that's it. You have to find the cipher to unlock the code. Right. How do you break codes? You look for the most common word. You know, the most common is. E, is the letter E. Right, of course. Once you find E, you try to start building backwards. So Jefferson and this other person, I don't have the article with me, <laughs> wrote a code. They were back and forth. It was a brilliant, brilliant code. Just, yeah, about... Brilliant code. No, just the way they communicated for foreign things and everything. And oh. Jefferson was into that. And this person who we had this relationship with over 30 years was able to break them, create them, and it was on multi-levels. It was just fascinating. So, um, National Treasure, the whole thing is there's a code on the back of the... The back of the Declaration of Independence. Unbelievable. And you had to find all the ciphers. So once you found the cipher, it all fit together. You, by saying that, that's the cipher. That last right. line unlocks the whole thing. So the, no well, they, people say, say that. People do say that this is a com the best commentary on this. Don't tell me it's not there. Of course it's not supposed to be there. It's, as, it's, it's as, not supposed to be there. So it's a hint that you should do. That if you have this key, right. you could get that. Okay, I agree. It's not going to be here. It's going to be like a, which, well, a, 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 the invisible ink member on the back. That's what that is. That okay, good. So that's all point number one. Okay, so we got that. That's so what's over here. One thing that you mentioned, by not saying and it's not there. It is there. You just can't see it there if you don't have the key. That's for sure true. Okay, period. Okay, we got that. Good. So, but it's two, but Davidson does not want to read it that way. Davidson takes us at face value. So, it's, it's just a fascinating point. You went too far. You're absurd. And let's just look at this just for a minute. Over here you have on page, Davidson on page 514. Just look at this for a second. Yeah, just look at this for a second. Here's page 2. That's page one. Give it around. Here's page two. Give it around. Did you read that article from the journal? I think I saved it here. I'll try Very to pull it good. It's unbelievable, right? About okay. Codes. Let's look at this over here. Look at page 514, second paragraph. Okay? In both his commentary on the Mishnah and the Mishnah Torah, Mamanis in some recognizes future resurrection of the Bible, but says virtually nothing about it beyond for that will occur. He in no way explains what function it serves. Prophet says that it has been promised in order to motivate man to choose the correct path in life. And he focuses his interest not on resurrection, but on the world to come, this we know, which he constructs in harmony with philosophic theories of immortality of the human intellect. The righteous who gain the world to come are persons who perfect their intellect. We are left with the question whether he genuinely believed or did his best to believe in literal resurrection of the dead, despite any discomfort he may have felt with the notion. Whether he perhaps took references to resurrection metaphorically and saw resurrection as a symbol for the immortality of the human intellect, in much the same way that he took the reverence of the crowns of the heads in righteous of the righteous as an allegory. Is even more meager than the commentary on the Mishnah. That became the eye of the hurricane because he there conspicuously distinguished the world to come and the goodness laid away for the righteous from the next page, resurrection of the bodies. 
suspicion arose, they did not in his heart of hearts believe in future resurrection of human bodies. His arch critic, the Ravad, reacted to the account of the world to come and wish to travel with the comment. Quote, this man's words are in my view the close those of who denies resurrection of the bodies. By the life of my head, he was not this was not the rabbi's opinion. Rabbis believed in physical resurrection, the Rambam. Other crooks in southern France and Spain joined the fray. As far as is known, none of the Christians from the western half of the Jewish world came to one attention, but because of the east did. So Ben Ali, the principal of the Baghdad rabbinic academy, stood at the forefront of the controversy. And my mind's sponsors was, was caustic. Same were 20 page entries in Arabic, which preserved only evil Hebrew. If he, in it he recalls how he became involved in the resurrection issue, he lays out a veiled criticism of my mind's. Courtesy and tact prevented from mentioning my mind by name. What do you have in mind? Soon, sometime early, Rashmul relates the opening practice of the first Jews of Yemen wrote informing that they believe they believed a composition by a certain scholar which rejected the resurrection of the dead in a traditional Jewish sense. And they said it was Rambam. Of the return of the souls to the dead to their bodies. Mahaz will be called commonly called Mishitura's composition, Hebur. Left from Yeru further reported that the composition in question, the unnamed scholar interpreted <laughs> Ultimate human reward something for the soul alone, Neshama. He took the resurrection of the body as metaphor. That's what they said in the letter to Yemen. They didn't get all this. For the survival of the human soul. And the appearance of the book brought about a deterioration of faith among the Jews. And they were very upset about it. We read this. Why are they upset about it? Because they only could conceive of something that's physical resurrection, something spiritual that doesn't exist. So they are upset about it. They lived a very difficult life. And they always expected to be what? Physically resurrected and eat and drink and be merry. But there's no physical resurrection. They read the Rambam in Yemen that way. Or oh, so they thought. So they thought. Can we just say that they didn't know who the scholar was? What? No, they didn't want to mention it. Uh-huh. They knew who they, they stick. And then Shemuel Ben Ali says that. Well, one minute, one minute. My mind does maintain in Shadrach that the ultimate human reward is by the Yeshama. Human intellect, right? So that's spiritual. He takes the rabbinic portrayal of the right sitting with the cards on the head to be allegory, mashal, and some scripturalization that will occur in the messianic age to be metaphors. All that we got. Good. That's the criticism. Sam had been perturbed by the letter he received because lack of faith in resurrection leads to doubts of the truth and dogmas. So you have to believe in this stuff. Physical resurrection, physical, physical. To doubts about the truth and about the dogmas. Next page of religion. Apparently not yet himself seen Mishnah Torah. But he answered the Yemen on the basis of what he quoted from it. He assured them that the doctrine of resurrection must be taken literally. That God will in the future restore human, bodies, human souls to their bodies. Literally. Since he the unnamed author, occasioning the doubts by showing how he quotation them by Yemen, Jews can be harmonized with the Orthodox belief. Good. The other work Separate to the Yemeni explicit the belief in resurrection to be a principle of Mosaic law. You must believe in physical resurrection. Do not connect to the Jewish nation to anyone who fails to embrace it. If you don't believe in, resur- in resurrection, you're history. You're out of it. But what do you mean, resurrection? Physical or spiritual? That's the key issue. If you tell me spiritual, we're all on the same page. We all believe in spiritual resurrection. all there. You tell me I must believe in physical resurrection, which sounds so contrary to reason, that I have a much more serious problem asserting. What the Rambam say at the end of the day? If you read this literally, he says, for sure, yes, I get it. If you say, wise people only get it through hints, and this is the Hamon Am work, then perhaps he did not believe in that. That is the ongoing 850 year question that has gone on since. Challenges, questions. But obviously, just to be obvious, obvious if people read into it that he doesn't believe in physical resurrection, obviously there's enough hints there There's that he doesn't perhaps he says no no he says no we read it and go both so, you have to read the whole thing and, and come to your conclusions crazy with him 
For a reason, because there was enough hints there that it's obvious. Enough. He doesn't believe in physical reality. He says, I do, I do, I do, I do. I'm reading a lot about it. He says, I do, I do, I do. What more do you want me to say? I do believe in it. What do you want me to say? <laughs> because he's, uh, he's uh, not, but ha- not how do you... Obama, but he's trying to appeal to two people. And, uh, okay, the, um, perhaps that's one he issue. He felt bad and he psychologically people needed it in the Yemen. That's correct. They needed it, so perhaps. But it's a fascinating thousand year, so to speak, debate as to who this man is and what he wrote. Modern today, we think that everything's physical resurrection, don't we? I never heard of anyone say spiritual. I see spiritual completely. What happens... see it, but what they teach in school is physical. I don't know if that's true or not true. It seems to me... You see Rabbi 